0: Alright, welcome to Sequelitis, mini-episode about Stranger Things. Yeah, welcome to Sequelitis. Uh, we're going to talk today about the eight-part uh, mini-series, the eight-episode season. Is that how long it was, eight episodes? Yeah, this, uh, this first
1: season of Stranger Things was eight episodes. Uh, it's a Netflix series if uh, you've you managed to not feel about it, but uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and say I thought it was really excellent,
0: and I highly recommend uh, that uh, everybody watch it. Um, yeah, like I, I'm kind of having mixed feelings about it. I definitely, I definitely think it's worth watching. I think it's worth talking about, but I'm not quite ready to go on record and say like I loved it or anything like that because I don't really see myself going and like rewatching this, you know, it kind of makes me want to see those other movies that it's endlessly referencing, but I'm not totally sure it really makes me want to like actually watch this movie. Yeah, um, I actually,
1: I, I do want to go back and rewatch it. And that's, that's something you, you actually... Um, you're, you're accurate in describing it as a movie. That's, it's not so much a series as it is a really long movie. Um, and it stays really right. consistent with its characters. And it does something that a lot of other uh, similar um, projects fail at, which is have very confident, um, very talented kid actors in the film that don't, get, don't become annoying... Um, don't uh, aggravate you, don't act like miniature little adults. Like, they pretty much act like little kids on an adventure. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of references to other films. The Goonies and E.T. being, you know, some of the biggest. Um, There's a whole lot of Spielberg DNA in this. But um, I, I think rather than just simply make references to other things, they actually, they will, you know, take certain things and they've actually taken some exact shots from other movies but there's a context to them and it's not just uh straight up appropriation it's you know it's a reference to something else but it's it's done so in a way that that makes it uh fresh and original for this
0: well i think the opening like building block of the whole concept is basically what if cory feldman from stand by me was the same cory feldman from the goonies and you know what if what if all that was like one group of kids but instead of being on the crime adventure they were on they were on the adventure from et and instead of it being et it was this other girl called 11 that's that's essentially what this is
1: powers yeah
0: yeah it's stand by me Meets Goonies, Meets E. T. Like very specifically. And then there's there's other references to other things in there, like there's some it and there's uh there's some uh what's it called? Uh what's the one with the little girls in the T V? Uh oh yeah. Um Poltergeist. God, poltergeist. There's
1: there there was a lot of poltergeist all over it and um you know I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Um I definitely would have liked it if they would have found a way to make it a little bit creepier and and scarier. But it's fine because ultimately it was more about these characters and sort of their story and the mystery of Eleven, where she came from, where she goes to, um, you know, how she came to be. Uh, it It was more her story than it was anything else. Like the whole monster plot was just kind of, by the end of it, ended up being sort of a side character to everything else. Or a subplot.
0: Uh, yeah, um, I I also have a uh, I have an '80s movie conspiracy theory that I'd like to throw at you. See what you think. Okay.
1: Hey, you know it's as much your podcast as as
0: it is mine. So go for it. And now I'm very famous for liking the movie The Monster Squad. Yes. And so much so that monster- that you
1: made your own um, your own laserdisc to DVD transfer. What, about six months before they actually released a DVD?
0: Well, that's when I actually finished it. I started and did most of the project way before that, but then it, it, the whole thing overwhelmed me, and I kind of quit on it. Yeah, you started, you know, once what, I actually,
1: two years before?
0: Uh, no, more than that. Oh, yeah, at, like three years before, something but like that. But you did make your own and DVD
1: had... covers, and they had self-depreciating quotes from your friends and family.
0: All right. But, but anyway, moving on from that, uh, I'm famous for liking the movie, and I even have a very nice poster of it hanged up in my living room. Hanged up? Is that the right word? Hung, Hung up. up. There it is. There it is. And um, in that movie, have you seen that one many times? The Monster Squad? Is that one that you, you're into? Once again, you're asking me if I've seen a movie you've watched with me copy that but have you seen it like on your own or just i showed it to you once and that's when you saw it no that was one of my favorite movies
1: as a kid like my brother and i used to roll on the floor laughing about
0: wolfman's got nards got nards right 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 okay so here's my conspiracy theory um towards the end of the movie they've got this teenage girl who's claiming to be a virgin and you, you have to recite this spell and be a virgin for this whole like spell to work. But then it's not working. And it turns out she's not a virgin, and she goes, "Well, Steve, but he doesn't count." <laughs> and I feel like this, the Steve in this is that Steve, like the unseen Steve from the Monster Squad, is the Steve in this movie because he's going around. He's def- he has this reputation for deflowering like young girls, and he's he actually ends up being the most interesting character in the whole thing, in my opinion. Uh, because I, I had the most emotion about Steve throughout the thing. Like, I hated Steve for quite a while. I rode the, like, I hate Steve's guts, like, roller coaster for the, almost the whole thing. And then by episode, like, seven or eight, I was like, dude, Steve rocks, man. I love Steve. He's so cool. How did you feel about Steve?
1: <laughs> the, the boyfriend?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the creepy boyfriend. Yeah.
1: No, I thought, I thought that was actually very well done the way that... Um, They started him off as kind of a a typical, like, uh, 80s bad guy, douchebag boyfriend. And you're just sitting there watching and going, okay, she's going to fall in love with the other guy, and by the end of the story, they're going to be together as a couple. He's going to have to fight this guy, yada, yada, yada. You know, the whole kind of 80s thing. And then they kind of just turned it just enough to make it be like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Like when he shows up and he's like, I'm not here to fight, I'm here to apologize, you know? And then he helps them. Like that was a really cool moment. And, and that, that was one of those things to where I was like, okay, I'm glad that I stuck with this long enough to get to this point, because now I'm definitely gonna see it all the way through because they, they've made it interesting.
0: Um, Yeah, Uh, so I I loved that about the eighth eighth episode, but one thing where I really feel like they shit the bed big time was with the whole digital effect monster. I thought this was a great opportunity to have like a cool puppet monster, a la like the Thing.
1: Yeah, that would have been really cool to do, but I'm sure there was a lot of reasons why just that that didn't work budget budget wise, and and you know you know from a practical sense that they couldn't make that happen because that was one of the things I forget the name of the guy who created the the creature effects for the thing. But he said, Man, the only way I was able to get that done was by staying up all fucking night. Like he's like, I didn't sleep. I eventually had a nervous breakdown. He's like, because I wanted this thing to be perfect. And it shows. Like it's such a just a gross, you know, creepy effect in that movie. And it would have been great to have something like this in that story. But, I mean, the thing was for me is I didn't even understand exactly how this thing, like, killed its victims. Like, I didn't understand well, it's like the a whole, shark. like, um, big
0: worm it thing smells, down the throat. Yeah, it smells blood. It's like a shark.
1: Well, I, I, I and so, and I also kind of didn't understand, like, uh, maybe I've got to rewatch the intro to it. Um, but, you know. It, like, if there's any
0: blood. It stalks then the it just boy comes down another at the dimension very beginning of the and story. And gets you.
1: No, I was saying it stalks the boy down at the very beginning of the story. And just, you know, some of the rules were kind of vague and they seemed to like, you know, shift whenever the story required them to shift. But in the way that, you know, set 11's powers worked and that, you know, the monster was able to kind of bridge the gap from, you know, the upside down, come into the physical world, jump back in. You know, the fact that it it took um, Mike first but somehow Mike managed to, like, stay alive for a long period of time. Whereas when it took the girl, and I forget what the girl's name is, um, it kind of killed her after just a few hours. Yeah. You know, and, like, that, that, was a that seemed kind of inconsistent. Um, but I'd say outside of that and just outside of the fact that I, I really, like, despite all the praise that Winona Ryder's getting, I, I think her character could have been way, way better. Um, I think she could have, like, I think not only could she have, really, if she tried harder, um, and maybe with with more direction, I don't know if it was her performance or the direction, or a little bit of both, but maybe there could have been more to her character, or maybe they just needed to get a different actress to play that role.
0: I I thought it was 100% bad writing of that part. For the first, like, six episodes, she had nothing to do but scream into the TV and act like a crazy person. And once she got some other stuff to do, she was great. But, I mean, how how well can somebody play, like, annoying screaming at the TV mom character?
1: Yeah, but she just it's kind like, of I seemed like this, was this awful.
0: frazzled shrill pretty much the whole story, you know? Well, that's the writing though, yeah, I don't think you can blame the actress for the way it was written. No, I, I mean, think she I wasn't was anything do. done
1: because even with um even with uh what was the the Mike's brother's name
0: uh don't remember
1: yeah, but with
0: his character there there
1: were like you you saw like some different you know there were some different levels to the way that he played his character and the way that you know he was weird and awkward at some points. Whereas when he was with his little brother, he kind of had more of this big brother kind of love and confidence, you know, that you got like warmth, you got warmth from him. And then he went back to like kind of being awkward and weird whenever it came to being around, um, you know, the, the girl in the story. Um, but eventually he just kind of like, you know, started to come into his own identity. But then by the end of the story, like I thought that was a, that was a touch that for me as, as, as an audience member, I was like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense that she would go back to Steve and then he would be just kind of sitting there by himself going like, man, what happened? Like, you know, does she even like me? Like, you know, and that was that was a real touching thing. The fact that she got him another camera.
0: Yeah, that was nice. After Steve, the jerk off, broke it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think I think there are definitely way more positives with this than there really is anything defaulted on. And you know, if you have a subscription to Netflix, if you got to watch all eight episodes, I mean, that was it was worth it. It was well worth your subscription fee to Netflix for this.
0: It was it was neat to see them combine all those properties in that way. But I I think they still fell short of creating something new and original that I'm really excited about. Um I did like, however, are we spoiling what's our spoiler rating here?
1: Yeah, no, we're gonna go ahead and assume that if somebody's still listening at this point they they've watched it or they're okay with spoilers
0: well i, I won't I won't give away what it is, but i'll just I'll mention it by name, but like once they got to the stuff about the upside down, I thought they were definitely in the right going in the right direction, like the whole world of the upside down and what happens there. I thought that was a good new, interesting thing that I, I wish we we could have heard more about a, a lot sooner. Yeah, and if, I wish we could have been like exploring the upside down in such a way to where maybe they find the portal to the upside down. They're traveling back and forth to it. Well, they actually I, I thought do it was send a little someone silly into
1: the upside down. Like I think in around like episode three. They send one of their own men into the Upside Down, and somehow the the monster... I mean, I guess because he's already in, you know, uh, the monster's world, you know, that's how the monster's able to, like, attack him and grab him. But, you know, that was supposed to be this whole, like, scary moment of, like, oh, what's going on? You know, but I thought it would have been kind of cool to, like, maybe show a few glimpses of it and maybe just kind of catch, you know, something rushing at this guy out of the corner of his eye right before it kind of cuts to, like, oh, shit, he's dead. You know, here's the bloody part of his backpack left
0: yeah and for me they held the the quote-unquote mystery of what's going on with 11 for for too long and so long in fact to where it gets to the point where you really don't even know what is supposed to be going on with her at all like I I really I I left the whole thing kind of feeling like I don't understand the character of 11 and I, I don't even have the most like basic understanding of of where where she comes from what her powers are and what her whole story is, I feel like I have less of an understanding of it than I should have had by episode like three, because that would have kept me more into it if I would felt like I know more about her.
1: Well, I think I think they purposely left a lot of things unanswered so that they would have things to kind of go over in the next season of the show, but um, I, I feel like I got a good beat on on who her character was and sort of uh, what what. How she was able to do the things that she was able to do. Um, it did. It did take until like episode six or seven before they finally uh, really got into it. But she was somebody that um, you know her mother was part of this whole you know experiment, uh, scientific experiment program where they were using uh, hallucinogenic drugs and and um, isolation chambers to see if they could sort of unlock um telekinetic powers well it didn't work for the mother but it did work for the daughter and maybe that's something that you need you know to go into with that organization in the next season of well how did these people even know these things how does any of this work you know who are they how are they able to do what they do Um, well yeah but they need to time
0: they need to tie more things to the upside down you know the upside down needs to be the catalyst for everything in the story like, well yeah
1: they need to like kind of cover how she's able to get to the upside down and how her mental powers are able to create a link such that it actually opens up a physical portal between that world and ours
0: like the and combination also like the combination of the fact that there's scientists that can create telekinetic beings plus there's an upside down world like that's a basic sci-fi problem like you you only want to have like one sci-fi element in your story that's how sci-fi stuff is made that's how it makes sense it's like there's one sci-fi yeah. element and that it's not like there's time travel and there's uh you know space aliens it's like there's one or the other it's like you don't you don't double up you know, the yeah like terminator but... did double up i guess but still you you, you do have to have um you know because if you
1: just have the telekinetic part of the story, I mean, you could still have a pretty interesting story, but then...
0: <laughs> well, no, you can you know, you can ha- you can keep the telekinetic, but just make it to where she comes from the upside-down world, where that makes sense in that world, and make it to where the upside-down opened up, came through our world, they went, they studied it, she came out of there, so they started studying her, like something simple like that, where we can all say, oh, okay, so... And then, yeah, but would she
1: still be a, a, a human
0: little girl? Well, I don't know. Maybe she would be, like, a humanoid. Yeah. You know, she's supposed to be, I mean, I think, like, E.T.
1: I mean, I think it would be interesting in the second season to kind of, like, show that the, the creature from that movie isn't isn't the only one of its kind. Um, because that, that, that left a lot of questions of, like, okay, well, there's is there just one does that one inhabit the entire upside down world? And what does that one feed on if it didn't previously have a link to, you know, our physical world? Like how does any of this work? And I mean it's good because you do want people to be interested and have questions that they ask for season two, but that also means that you have to hold up your end of the bargain and come up with competent answers when it comes to paying all of that off.
0: Right. And, but you don't need a, an elaborate explanation. I mean, the, the world of the upside down can be something completely unknown. I think that's okay. It's just explain things as far as like where they all lead back to one explanation. Like everything leads back to the upside down and things happen there that we don't fully understand. But, not, you know, not we can create telekinesis we don't understand that. Plus there's the upside down world, we don't understand that. It's like Well, you know, one gonna... of the questions
1: I have is, Is was uh, Matthew Modine's character, was was Papa aware that the Upside Down existed and that there was a creature in the Upside Down? Like, like, was that his goal all along, was to try and figure out how to get, you know, to and from the Upside Down? Or was he just trying to use uh, Eleven to be able to actually, like, spy on other countries, you know, by having her use her telekinesis to 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 track them down and and listen in on them
0: well what would have made more sense is if the upside down portal would have opened up somewhere the military would have moved in created like a base around it and tried to block it off and seal it off and protect the public from it and study it and he could be the guy that comes in you could even have that scene you know where he comes in to be like okay i know how to handle this i've handled You know, he could be like a Fox Mulder kind of character. You know, it's like, I've handled this kind of stuff before. I've handled unexplained phenomenon before. Like, I'm the guy. Let me come in. Let me deal with it. And you could introduce him in that way. But because he never gets introduced, you just, you really left like hanging in the wind with this guy. Like, he really has no character. Like, there's there's nothing, there's no way to describe any of his characteristics. Like, how would you describe Matthew Modine's characteristics? Like, there's no words for it because there's, he has no character at all.
1: He's blonde, or he's white-haired. <laughs> yeah, he's old. <laughs> he looks like an He looks like an '80s era bad guy. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I, I think I think basically what was happening was there there was this whole there was experimentation that was going on with um with with tele, telekinesis, and they were trying to figure out a way to to create you know a person with telekinetic abilities. And then to, to get that person to hone their telekinetic abilities, you know, to use for information gathering and for spying, and that uh, tapping into the upside down just happened to be an unforeseen, you know, circumstance of this that it was, you know, uh, a side effect that they didn't account for at all. But it did seem like, you know, after that initial encounter with the creature, that he was sending back sending her back in there with the explicit purpose of, you know, going and tracking down the creature. And if that was the case, then they really need to explore and expand and explain that in the next season, because otherwise it's gonna make things a lot more muddy and confusing. You know, and it's a lot better if it's just like, look, this is streamlined, there are some things that we're gonna leave vague and open to interpretation, but the main core of the story needs to be something that can be summed up and explained to people, where it's like, oh, okay, I get what's happening.
0: And, well, And, you know, and
1: not, not where it needs to be, like, your hand needs to be held and someone needs to tell this to you, that the story makes that enough that if you're paying attention and you're exploring the story
0: and trying to understand it, you're like, oh, okay, I get what's going on now. Well, you know, what would be fun, in my opinion, would be maybe for season one to be sci-fi, but then season two to be fantasy, you know, where it's like season one, which it was sci-fi, it's like you tease the idea of this whole, like, upside-down world, but then in the second season you could just go into the upside down world and just live in that world and you know in fantasy it doesn't necessarily have to have any uh any resemblance or any meaning towards our real world it's just like something very 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 creative very escapism where everything is just odd just for well, the sake what if, of being odd
1: what if um you know with with 11 disappearing at the end of the story? Maybe she disappeared into the upside down and now she kind of takes control of the upside down and she starts kind of fixing up the place, you know. Well,
0: maybe maybe retroactively you could make it to where because Will left, she went in, you know, because Will came in, she left. Maybe that's what got her out of the upside down. But you said earlier I was calling
1: Mike. Say what? the the little boy that that disappeared was Will right
0: yeah will and maybe yeah, was because will disappeared earlier. oh yeah sorry but yeah maybe I because mean, like wouldn't this be
1: interesting so so you know um her little boyfriend you know he's he spends season 2 trying to figure out how to to reach out to her and it turns out that she's kind of holding you know the chaos of the upside down in check um and when, when he goes in to find her, that that disrupts the whole thing, and maybe that opens up a huge gap to where now all the creatures of the Upside Down are invading our world, and that's what season two is, is them trying to get
0: everything back in. Yeah, that could be cool. Well, I think that we're, we're going to have to conclude our mini-episode here. Yeah, no, um, I'd just like to say uh, definitely watch stream. about if nothing else and that's nice alright well thanks for listening alright thanks for listening